today on The Breakdown. You don't want the vanilla. You don't want the regular. You don't choose to just get your Folgers with cream. No. You like a little vanilla spice in there, don't you? <laughs> you want something a little off the beaten path. And Tom Dwan is going to be your tour guide this, this time around, this episode. Because he's going to play a hand against Chris Brewer in a cash game, a $200, $400 cash game, by the way, where, of course, just untold tens of thousands of dollars is on the line, as always. And Tom Dwan is going to walk you down that path. It's, a, it's the path less taken. It's a path of where hands don't get played standard, and you're up against really good players who do surprising things. Tom Dwan's going to be one of those players. He's going to play Chris Brewer, who's trying to brew up a big pot for himself. <laughs> and it's all happening right now on The Breakdown. It's Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey, I have two clear problems with your opening. What a classic opening that was. I don't know if you're allowed to say that. Oh, sorry. Two clear problems with the opening, yeah. and they both are related to the same thing. Great. I'll start with the second one. Yeah, definitely don't start with the first Actually, one. Actually, no, I'm going to start with the first oh, one. Oh, okay, good. Is you said you don't, you don't want vanilla is yeah. how you start it. And first of all, vanilla is a nice flavor. It's yeah. just some, somehow it was co-opted by society as being bland, whereas yeah. vanilla is not a bland flavor at all, right? Like, you would agree. Because later in that same opening, you said you want your, your coffee, your folders with a little vanilla spice. <laughs> no, as, I, if, I, as if vanilla <laughs> added flavor. No, no, it's not vanilla. It's vanilla spice, though. It's a, it's a, spice, <laughs> oh, is that a, oh, okay. it's a spiced vanilla. That's different than vanilla. But I did regret it as soon as I said it, <laughs> to be clear. Which part did you regret? No, no, not, this, not the original vanilla stuff, the vanilla spice. So you thing. agree, you, you think that society is correct and that vanilla is a bland flavor? I think it is pretty bland, yes. Really? Like, when I'm looking at ice cream flavors, for example, how often do I choose plain vanilla? Never, never. The answer is never. Ever, ever, ever do I choose plain vanilla, vanilla. ice cream is pretty good. It's pretty good. That is not what we're discussing. It's not bland, though. It's not full of surprising, and it's, it doesn't take you on a, uh, a little roller coaster ride of uh, flavor. The only reason the vanilla gets touted as the bland one is because it has to go up against chocolate, which is obviously like incredible. Not my problem. Chocolate is so good. You know what else has to go up against chocolate? Every other ice cream flavor, but no one else uses Rocky Road. Bad example. Okay, yeah. Uh, raspberry sorbet as like the example no, of no, raspberry sorbet is not the same category <laughs> as chocolate or fine, vanilla. Fine, that's a good point. Uh, strawberry ice cream. Strawberry ice cream. Pistachio ice cream. No one says, you know, it's a little pistachio. No one says that. They say vanilla. I I have no idea if I'm right or not, but I will make a bet with you right now that if I look up strawberry ice cream, a major ingredient is vanilla. Uh, I was thinking it was, even as I said. Um, I'll also say this, that um, I think one of the things that really works against vanilla is the fact that it's white. I think the color is a big part yeah, of the, the way people like talk a bl- about it. It's like it. the hospital hall color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, that, that's what I think they're talking about as much as they're talking about the flavor. Because obviously the flavor is wonderful. Yeah, it's a good flavor. But vanilla spice is better. You don't even know what that is. Vanilla spice, baby. I don't know if that's a real thing. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know if that's what a is real it? thing? What is it? You put it in your coffee. <laughs> yeah, but what is it? <laughs> you don't think if Starbucks has ever had a vanilla spice something something? But what's the spice latte? part? Is that, it's probably just some other spice besides vanilla. Mochaccino. Um, sure. Combined together. That's what I'm saying. You're combining vanilla with, with spice. It's vanilla spice. All right. Let's it, Google vanilla spice oh, and see it, what we get. I mean, you're definitely going to get some, some knockoff wrapper. Guarantee. <laughs> there's, uh, well, nothing. The first thing I get is like an extract company. So, oh, that sounds like I won again. Always winning. What is a vanilla spice? Yeah. Sure. Nope. It's, no. Vanilla is just a spice. Vanilla uh, is a spice derived yeah. from orchids of the genus vanilla. But I can take spices and mix them with other spices, right? But I that doesn't mean it's vanilla. Spice. <laughs> <laughs> then it's well. Then you just don't know what the other spice is. But it's like so. If you mix yeah. vanilla and cinnamon, it's vanilla cinnamon. It's not vanilla spice. That's my point. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm saying vanilla boring. Vanilla spice means you've added another spice. That's good. And that's that's what Chris Brewer's bringing to the table at this hand. That's what I'm saying. That was one of the best openings I've done in a long time. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> no, mm. you didn't like it. It was okay. You, know, you you were smiling at points. I think yeah. when I was doing that whole like. Tom Dwan, off the beaten path, your I think guide. I, I think I disagree with the internet, because now I'm oh. down this vanilla path on oh, Google. Oh, God. And some of the, the common co- questions on Google, what does vanilla taste like? And I was curious, what does Google say vanilla tastes like? Because it just tastes yeah. like vanilla, right? It says it tastes like a marshmallow. 
Wow. I do not see that it's, at all. This is a color thing. This yeah. Is, this is a race thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Why is vanilla so expensive? Do you want to know? Sure. It's very finicky and difficult to grow. That's not very surprising. Oh. Yeah. Why is vanilla bad? There's <laughs> a question. Um, there is no answer to that. Why is the spice in Dune so uh, valuable? You don't know, do you? Because of the worms? No, not because of the worms. The would worms. you like to know if you can overdose on vanilla? Yes, I would like to know. Ingestion of vanilla extract is treated similarly to alcohol intoxication hmm. and can cause alcohol poisoning. It does the, have that smell to it. Has alcohol in it? Huh. I didn't know that. Well, Do you have to be 21 to buy vanilla extract? <laughs> no. That would be a lot. You know what's wonderful? Speaking of that, almond extract. I encourage everyone yeah. to buy some almond extract. Does it taste like almonds? It, it tastes better than almonds. Okay. It's like the best parts of the almond without the bad parts. What are the bad parts of There's the almond? There's a nuttiness to the almond, which actually takes away from the flavor. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you don't really realize it until you've had almond extract. Like, you're like, oh, shit. You know, like, this is it. This is, this is my new jam. All right. This is, this is some more fodder for the food fight section of our, uh, oh, great. Of our Discord. Great. But we've talked about this briefly but it's been a long time, so I think we need to bring it up again. Cool. What are the best nuts? We have talked about this. Yeah. Um, a few things come to mind right away. Yeah. Pistachio. Pistachio is obviously the best nut. It's a fabulous nut. Yeah. You're an idiot if you don't think pistachio is a great nut. Um, macadamia. Pretty good, but a little bland, honestly. A little vanilla. It's got a... Uh, I don't like your use of the word vanilla. <laughs> um, it's got a richness to it that almost no other nut has. Do you mean a butteriness? Do you mean sort of the texture rather than the flavor? I mean, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's like you're eating something that only a king would eat. Only, only royalty gets to eat macadamia nuts is what it feels like when I eat macadamia nuts. <laughs> and I love it. Um, those are pretty obvious. Almonds are, are pretty damn good. You're missing, you're missing one of the royal the nuts. Cashew, of the cashew, of course. The no, cashew, of course. I was getting to the cashew. To me, to me, pistachio and cashew are in a tier of their own. To me, cashew is actually number one. Oh, pistachio, then cashew for me. But I could see the argument the other way. However... If I were to only be able to eat one type of nut for the rest of my life, I think I would choose almond. I think it's more a versatile nut and a more, a more, uh, Jesus. it's a healthier nut. This too. is a super rough conversation. Let me it ask you this. It is not rough. It's only rough because you said that. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Are, pist- the pist- are pistachios naturally that salty or are they salted? Salted. So is it fair to say that a cashew and pistachio are of equal thing when the, a raw cashew versus a salted pistachio like if you I mean, go unsalted on the pistachio you, is it as good this is this is so like uh, i know no no what i'm saying is you're completely unable to see other people's perspectives this has made it's made it very clear that in your life it just so happens that you've mostly eaten unsalted cashews and salted pistachios i've had salted cashews i know what they taste like yeah what are you talking about so why are you saying that pistachios like i'm I, saying a, a, an unsalted cashew is fabulous and yeah. still is number one for me oh no an unsalted pistachio is really good is it as good as an unsalted a, cashew? Yes. Yes. Or to other, me, or to me other it's still your number one. Yeah. Unsalted pistachio yes. is still your number one. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Everything's better than a Brazil nut. That's all I know. I have Brazil nuts. I know They're because they have selenium. They, very earthy tasting, meaning like dirt. They taste and like dirt, but dirt, not in a bad kind way. Kind of dirt and air. Not, not, not and they're like it, and they're like too big. It's like it's like not bad dirt though. It's like dirt you can eat. But not yeah. dirt you would choose to eat if you didn't need to. If eat you're really it hungry, it's probably fine. Yeah, or like, if you're like, it's the antidote to poison that you've taken or yeah, something, yeah. you should probably eat it. But also, they're pricey, and they're not good. I'm not a big fan of peanuts, personally. Peanuts, only good with other things. Yeah. Clearly, like, obviously, really good with certain things, right? Or in a shell at a ball game. That's fun. But, I mean, fun, but annoying. Yeah, fun, but annoying. Um, yeah. Uh, pine nuts have a place in the oh, world. Oh, pine nuts are, like the, are great, but they are so expensive. They are incredibly mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah, but that's, that's the juice that makes the pesto flow, man. Yeah. A yeah. good pesto requires some good pine nuts. Okay. I think, uh, I think we've done a great job. Walnuts here. suck. That's my last thing. Come on. Yeah. It's true. Come on. You know it's true. I'm going to fight for the walnut. Really? You actually the want a walnut? walnut? If I offered you a walnut right now... I would eat it. You would? Yes. Okay. I would eat a walnut too, but... <laughs> nice. But I, <laughs> I would eat almost any other nut besides a Brazil nut over a walnut. Oh, I see what you're saying. Let's say I gave you a choice. Yeah. I put a walnut out here. Yeah. And we had, um, who's a loved one who, you know, 
My daughter. Your daughter. Yeah. Your daughter was here. And I was like, yeah, where are you going with this? <laughs> either eat the walnut or you have to punch your daughter in the face. What would you do? Black eye is not so bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could say she fell. <laughs> <laughs> I would eat the walnut. I would eat a walnut. Okay. I would, you know, I'd eat a walnut. You right. love your daughter. Yeah. It's fine. But not as much as I hate walnuts. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get to the hand. Let's do this. I briefly mentioned Discord. Uh, Danny Sprung is going to do some solver work on this hand, and then he's going to post his entire work on our Discord. We're going to talk about the relevant pieces of it at the end of this episode, but we have not seen the solver work yet. So we'll be back at the end with some uh, solver work. That's one of the things that makes us so cool. We never look at the solver work because that would make this podcast super boring for us. Yep, which, you know, we've gone through that in the past. Yeah. This was suggested on Discord by Ty Dog with a W. Ty Dog, woof, woof. Dog. Yep. Uh, if you want to suggest, Discord is a great place to do it. We have a whole section to suggest hands. You can also do it on Twitter. We are, of course, the poker guys. All right. It's never changing. Timmy Tommy Duan Duan. I feel like, <sighs> assuming he stays in the current state that he's in where he's playing a lot of these cash games again, we're probably going to be doing a lot of Tom Duan hands in the foreseeable future because he plays I interesting so. poker. and you know he's been, He was gone for, what, eight years of Something just like like that. basically not being seen? He comes back and like, I think the first cash games I really saw him playing again were in actually from this uh, bit that we're taking this this hand from, which was the WPT 200-400 cash game, which is like all basically poker names, superstar yeah. type people. And he played in it. And like the very first hand he played was a hand we did. Uh, not the first, but probably in the top, the first three hands he played. The first hand he actually chose to play, though. He, VP, he, he pipped. Um, he played a, a hand against Jake Daniels where he ends up being calling all in with one pair, you know, correctly. Uh, which we've already done, the 10-9 yeah. hand. Uh, like, he's just more interesting than everyone else. I don't know. It's, it's almost weird how much more compelling it is to watch him play. Well, I mean, just one decision that he makes in this hand alone is enough to be like, it's either Tom Dwan or it's a really bad player making that decision. And I'm sure Tom Dwan has a really good reason to make this decision, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it kind of feels like. Yeah. So let's get to it. Okay. Dwan's got $59,000 in front of him, $400 big blind. He's going to open to 1000 from the hijack. With Jack Nine of Spades, which I did not write down, but now here it is. Jack Nine of Spades. <laughs> Good enough. Yep. We got Chris Brewer on the button, and uh, we don't know much about him. He's had some recent tournament success, right? Like late 2020 and on. Yeah, that's right. He's been on a, a, a small-ish run. He does not have an incredible hand in Mob or anything like that. His, his total hand in... I mean... It's pretty good. It's three point two million. Yeah, that's I don't, good. I don't want to shit on it. But he's playing all the big events. He's playing all the big buying events. So he should have a big hand and mob. Like he should be in the millions on hand and mob. So right? we don't really know if he's a cash player or tournament player, kind of a hybrid player. But here he's, he is. He's fourth on the Oregon money list. Oregon. Yeah, I did not huh. know he was from Oregon, but I see that he's ha- he's had a lot of caches in twenty twenty one. Now he's clearly playing a, a kajillion tournaments, but a lot, lot, lot of caches. Um, it's interesting too because nothing's huge. He finished first in uh, the super, the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open High Roller, Super High Roller event for 420K. It was a 50K buy in, so not that many people played. That's his biggest cash. Um, he also won a Poker Masters event uh, for a 427, so I guess a similar cash uh, pretty recently. Okay. But so he's, uh, probably, he's probably a reasonable player, probably a pro. You he know? is absolutely... I've watched him play a fair amount. He's absolutely, a, at a minimum, reasonable. Can, can at least sort of hang with these guys. It's possible these guys chop him up over the over longer-term time frames, you know, just because they, like, are slightly better at a lot of things. But he's at least pretty darn good. But we don't actually know, right? Because, like, we were just kind of thinking of... Uh, Michael Adamo was kind of an also-ran a year ago That's now. That's true. Right? We were like, maybe these guys are chopping Michael Adamo up. Yeah, I would have thought that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm saying, though, from watching him play, it isn't like he's doing things where I'm like, holy moly. You know, he's like, it feels like he's probably giving away tiny bits of EV compared to a guy like Chidwick. Yeah, but I could also see you saying something like that yeah. about Michael Adamo a year ago. Um, possibly, but like Adamo was, I actually don't know if Adamo was doing this a year and a half ago, but like some of the things he does now are things no one else does. Yeah. Brewer's not doing that. That's what I'm saying. Well, um, he actually makes a pretty interesting decision in this hand, which we're going to debate. Okay. Yeah, and we'll see if we... Th- that is true, actually. We fall very, very interesting decision. So it's, it's kind of a thing that most good players don't do. Well, let's see if we think it's great. Yeah. I mean, Michael Adamo does a lot of stuff where if we didn't know how great he was, we'd be like, that feels like a mistake, right? Um, but usually when we, get, when we break it down enough, we end up thinking it's pretty wonderful, right? Yeah. Like, we actually try and not... Like, one of the things we try really hard to do, and I don't, wouldn't say we always succeed, but mostly succeed at, is not to just give people credit because of their name, right? Yeah. Like, we have to give them some credit sometimes. I mean, it would be absurd not to give them some credit right. based on their clear 
advantages and skill that we've seen before. Of course. But it doesn't mean to say like we think people are in a, unassailable because they're famous. Right. Like we just did a podcast yesterday, which I don't know when, when it came out, um, about with Doyle Brunson where he makes um, a good play. Yeah. And we're actually talking about him making another good play, but then busts the main event in a really horrible way. Yeah. And um, we certainly didn't say like, oh, there must be a good reason for this. We're like, oh, that was just bad. Yeah. Like, he's old. We think he lost his mind. That was horrible. Yeah. Because it was. So, yeah. you know, I think eventually, I think when we get into the play that Chris Brewer is going to make here, I'm really curious to see where we end up on it, you know, because like, I'm not sure where we're going to end up yet. Yeah, me neither. And like, but if we end up thinking it's bad, fair enough, you know. If we end up thinking it's good, I guess we got to give him a call and apologize. Maybe, maybe you. we'll end up saying like, this is like next level. And of course, we end up be qualified to figure this out. Some people yeah. would argue that. But Matt Berkey, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he's come around. He's probably come around. He's probably come By around. By now. Time plus something equals Matt Berkey loves you. (laughs) (laughs) Tragedy just plus time equals Matt Berkey's love. All right. Tragedy was the incident that Matt Berkey began to hate us for, which was something Jonathan said. Mm, That's correct. Or a series of things Jonathan said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just one thing. (laughs) And then time is, you know, time. You know what time is. And now Matt Berkey loves us. Sounds right to me. Behind all hate, there is love. And behind all love, there is hate. I do believe that. And so, you know. Matt Berkey's got a strong emotion towards us. Well, what's behind that, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Just All right. Take him out to a nice dinner. All right. Chris Brewer yeah. has 72,000 in front of him. Dwan is the effective stack with 59. He's on the button. Dwan is open with Jack Nine of Spades from the hijack. Brewer is going to make it 3,500 with Ace Ten of Diamonds. Uh, that seems fine to three yes. by his hand against Tom Frickin' Dwan. I got no problem with that. Oh, actually, he's in the cutoff, not the button. So I got that wrong. So Brewer's in the cutoff, not the button. Okay. Um, so good for him. Folds back to Dwan. This is just too nice of a hand to fold, right? Jack Nine of Spades. I, I mean, we're deep enough, right? Yeah. He's, he's not as deep as often in these cash games. He's only started with 150 bigs, but still, you got to call. You probably have to call. I mean, I think if you fold, it's not the end of the world. I don't think you have to call, actually, but I think it's okay to call. How about that? Like, we're out of position, right? Like, I would never fold in principle. Like, I know. We are re- we're weird because there are certain things where you think are super obvious folds, which are always post-flop. And pre-flop, you essentially don't want to fold very often at yeah. all. And I think we like, we're kind of opposite. Where I want to be tighter pre-flop and looser post-flop. You want to be looser pre and tighter post. So that's interesting. Yeah. It's because I trust myself post-flop and you don't. It's basically what that um, means. Well, I think you put yourself in lots of really bad spots as a result, but fair enough. And look at me. I'm but you trust yourself, but you want to throw everything into the muck. So what does that mean? I mean, do you want me to bring up the hand that, we're, that you're referring to? We can debate a Jonathan Levy hand. I wasn't, actually wasn't referring to that but, yeah. at all, but I mean, no, I think it'd be a waste of time to bring it up, but okay. if you really want to, you can. I don't know what that's about. Maybe you should post it on the Discord and the your hands and see what people have to say. Yeah, but of course, it wouldn't matter what people had to say, would it? Like, they're not the arbiters of what is right and wrong. Anyway. No, but I am. <laughs> anyway, Dwan calls, and I would call too. Yeah, I guess Jonathan would fold. I, I, I would strongly consider folding this hand, actually. Out of position? Yeah, I'd probably just throw it away. Yeah, we call. Dwan calls. Jack Nine of Spades going against Ace Ten of Diamonds. What, I mean, just to go a little further with this, since now we're fucking doing this, uh, there's going to be, what, seven? There's going to be like $8,000 in the pot. We're going to have 55K, roughly. Yeah. Right? So our stack to pot is not fabulous for a hand like this. Like, you want to have like 13 to 1 stack to pot, really, for a hand like this? I just, and we're out of position. I just don't know why we'd call. Anyway, that's all. Okay, I call. Yep. Pot's 8000 Flop is Jack of Diamonds, Eight of Diamonds, Seven of Clubs. A little something for everybody. Yeah. Tom Dwan with top pair and a gutter. Brewer with the nut flush dry and a gutter. Dwan checks. As Brewer, you're betting, right? But how much are yeah. you betting on a board like this? Uh, how much am I going to bet? Okay, with AK in there, it's... I guess we're supposed to size it up, right? Because it's wet? It's wet as hell. I think Could, we're supposed to size it up. Could we bet smaller to induce in, with the plan of three betting? Um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to successfully induce yeah, a we raise. Yeah, we might not. I would think Dwan's going to have a lot of calls and not a lot of raises. Yeah. Um, so I just want to bet bigger. I want to bet like 5,500 or something like that. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Brewer goes instead with about half pot, four, yeah. 4.1K. Okay. All right, here's I, the thing. I don't know that that's... I don't have a problem with that or anything. All right, here's the thing we're going to spend 15 minutes talking about. Okay. Tom Dwan is going to raise to 13.3K. Yep. All right. Tell me what you think that intention <laughs> here is for Dwan, because you don't really see this very often. It's got um, Jack-9 on the Jack-8-7, two-diamond board. 
Okay. A few things come to mind. Uh, one is, first of all, it's really hard to put him on a hand like he has. You could say a gut shot, but he has a lot more than a gut shot. He also has top pair, right? Um, he doesn't have a draw. I mean, he has a draw. He doesn't have a strong draw, and he has only a medium strength hand in terms of the value. Yeah. Um, it is the kind of hand... So, so first of all, it's, it's just hard to put that in his range of yeah. drawing hand, of hands that he's going to raise with. So that's kind of interesting and kind of cool against yeah. a thinking player like that Brewer is. Um, number one. Number two, this is exactly the kind of hand where every card that improves us is action killing. Massive action killer. A jack, a, a nine, nine, or yeah. a ten. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's going to be hard to ever make any more money than we can make if we're behind and then we improve. It's going to be super hard. That is true. Um, when we're ahead right now, it's not so bad A to deny equity and B, there's a lot of draws he might put us on and actually call with worse hands. Like sure. if he had ace eight. Maybe he would call. I yeah. think he would call. Yeah. I, think, I think on this board, he's got a bet call. Yeah. I think, I think he's got a bet call with any kind of reasonable pair here. I think maybe that's the key to why Duan does this. Because against a bad player, maybe you can't do this. But against a player who's like, well, on this wet of a board against Tom frickin' Duan, I can't fold anything that has anything. Yeah. I think also Duan being out of position makes him want to bet a little bit more. Raise a little bit more, I should say. Because it... Because being out of position means you can't deny equity on the turn. Because usually you're going to check, and if he checks it back, now you give him a free card. This way you're not giving him any free cards, right? Um, just by raising right now, we're already not giving him a free turn card because he's got to pay to get... A free river card, I should say, because he's paying right now to continue, right? So that's kind of cool, too. Obviously, there's some really big problems with this. Yeah, though. what if you get three bet? What if he's got just a hand that's crushing us right now? Like, he's often... The hands he chooses to continue with, a lot of them are, have us in a lot of trouble. Yeah, but at least we have a decent amount of outs against overpairs. We do. That is good. Um, if we get three bet, and we, we aren't getting three bet by that much, right? We're getting three bet by, like, we sets block top and, set. Sets and combo draws. Uh-huh. Sets, combo draws. Overpairs can't three bet us, really. No. I think, I, like, big nut flush draws could decide to do it, too. The yeah. ace-queen of diamonds could decide So to do we have to call against that range? Because we block top set, and he three bet preflop. That means he doesn't have all the combos of sevens and eights. I think we probably have to call. But that means we're just going. We just have to really believe we know a lot about this guy. To be. Yeah. Because, like, some players are never going to show up with ace, queen, and diamonds. And some players are always going to show up with ace, right. queen, and diamonds, right? So you got to know who's who here. I don't know. It's tricky. It's tricky as hell. Dwan likes to put himself in tricky spots, I guess. Maybe Dwan also feels like Brewers face up enough with what he's going to three bet that actually he can comfortably fold. Maybe well, that's it. Okay, in fact, so. we're going to see that that might be true. Because Brewer just calls with the ace ten of diamonds in like a spot where like the the stacks are set up to actually have a really easy three bet. Yeah, like Dwan makes it uh, how much here? He makes it thirteen point three k. Yeah, Brewer's. I mean, Dwan starts the hand with fifty nine, so he's already put in seventeen of that. There's only forty two back. Yeah, you can effectively shove. You can easily just put in yeah forty. You can make it forty. It's completely normal. It's not weird sizing or anything like that. And Duan, you put Duan to a spot where you're, you're okay no matter what he does. Yeah. And you don't let him blow you off the hand on the turn or on the river, which is something that that's, could be a real problem. Yeah. I, it seems like a natural move to do that. So, so it's odd that Duan raises to this amount. Maybe, maybe he's like trying to... I, it's, it's odd to me that he raises because it's, it's such a natural re-raise for a hand like this. But then Brewer doesn't do it. So maybe Brewer's really only doing it with made hands here. So maybe Duan knows that, yeah. Yeah, maybe he knows it. And maybe that makes this, this an, an easy... Like, he can have, feel like he has perfect information. Yeah, and then he gets to play the hand with that good information moving forward. And out of position, he's not just stabbing in the dark anymore. Maybe. Or maybe Brewer is jamming with this hand a lot, but sometimes is calling to just to fuck with Duan's hand. I mean, that's more likely considering the level the Brewer seems to be at. And that's what you should be doing, yeah. right? You can't always jam this hand. You should mostly jam this hand here, but you got to call sometimes to to fuck with Duan's head. Otherwise, your calling range is, is too easy to uh, range. All right, let's, let's dive a little deeper on Duan's move here because okay, I think it's not fair just to assume some basic rudimentary things. Great. Uh, because like just because you know, Tom Dwan was like in that Phil Galfond and David Benefield crew back in the day who were like using game theory concepts that are currently in vogue back in 2007, right? So clearly a deep understanding of theoretical concepts of the game okay. and has reasons behind what he's doing. So like what what are the game theory reasons that Dwan is choosing this hand in this spot to raise? Okay, so I'm trying to think of some things about like combos and stuff like that. So there's 18 combos of overpairs. Yes. Right? 
there's six more combos of sets, seven more combos of sets, actually. Yeah. So there's 25 total combos of hands that have us completely screwed. I guess 910 suited is another thing that he And overpairs don't really have us completely screwed. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, 910 suited, there's three combos of that because we have yeah. a nine. Okay, so there's, what were we at, 25? So yeah. there's 28 total combos of trouble for us. Right, but the 910 suited in the sets are significantly less likely combinatorially because the three bet happened pre-flop. Exactly. He's going to call with some of yeah. those. The queens plus, he's always raising. Um, there's, of course, so we were saying there's 18 combos of, so let's say we knock it down from wherever we were, 20, 25, 28, 28, okay, 20. uh, down to like 21 or something, okay. like 22, something like that. Um, all right, if we're going to look at just like hands that have to fold, that we could, that we'd be happy to deny equity against, a hand like ace, king, ace, queen. Do you think those hands will bet the flop? I think it's possible they will. Yeah. I don't know. Um, this is not a great board to do it on. No. But it's a three-bet pot. It's heads up. You're in position. He checked. Like, a lot of people are just going to take a shot. Like, the C-bet comes a lot in this spot, right? You've just opened a door to, like, if, if, if Brewer is betting those hands on this flop a lot, that's a lot of combos that Dwan can deny equity against. Exactly. Yeah. That's a big part of it. And then if we include not just that, but hands that Brewer can bet call with that Dwan's ahead of, i.e. Ace-eight, ace-seven ace suited. Those nines, the, tens. Nines and tens. Although, we, yeah, we block nines a little bit, but nines and tens for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe some jack-ten suited, although we're losing to that. Yes, That's we not are. good. Never mind. Um, Eight-nine suited, seven-nine yeah. suited, maybe seven-six suited even. Um, that's about it, right? Yeah. But okay, so you also add all those in of hands that can continue also. We probably are on the right side of things. That may be Barely. true. But what about from the perspective of Dwan's range, not Brewer's range? Like, mm. Does this fit correctly into that range of, of hands that want to accomplish these things? Or would it be, would it be mm. better to do... like? I know he has a gut shot with it, so he's got the escape valve against a lot of hands. But is it better to do this with ace jack, where like some you you're ahead of more of the hands that have to call you? Meaning you block aces this way. You block aces, and if Brewer had jack ten or queen jack or king jack, ah. you'd actually be ahead, and he would definitely call. That is all true. Now we also block ace king ace queen, which are yeah. hands that we kind of would like to be in this range. Yeah. Although they're probably just going to fold. Yeah. But still, denying equity is good. Um, I'm not sure. I think we probably prefer ace-jack, but I don't know if we're going to do it with ace-jack because we don't have as many escape valves either. Yeah, like, I'm wondering which is, which is hev- more heavily weighted in yeah. this case. Like the, the value that you can get from worse hands or the outs against the better hands. I, I, I would think ace-jack is a hand we're going to see. My guess is we're going to see Tom call with more because it's a little bit more sturdy. Uh, a little bit. I mean, not really. A king or a queen is really the same against ace-jack as it, it is, is against jack. It is the same. Um, an ace, though, comes, and yeah. now we could really have our opponent in big trouble. Yes, that's true. So that, that's the difference, right? That's about it, though. And also, an ace comes, our opponent's probably going to bluff if he was bluffing. He's probably yeah. going to continue bluffing. A nine or a ten comes, he's probably checking. So like, anytime we improve, he's probably not going to keep bluffing, but an ace comes, he probably is, or he's going to improve himself and give us another street of value. That's yeah. a reason to call with ace-jack versus the jack-nine, at least. Yeah. It might be a little simpler than that. It might yeah. ultimately just be that in a spot like this where Dwan is out of position in a three-bet pot on a coordinated board, he wants to have a lot of check raises with diamonds and with a lot of gut shots. Yeah. And there's not enough sets out there and two pair combos to, to justify that level of bluffing. And he wants to bluff whenever he has, like, ace-10 off. He just wants to bluff with that hand in the spot, you know? Mm-hmm. So he has to include, like, a lot of top pair hands, too, if he wants to balance. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because Jack-9 suited, like, he can have a lot of, all the other jacks and be raising those hands. It's yeah. interesting to, to go all the way down to jack nine suited. He might be doing it with all of them. Who knows? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm thinking he probably is. Yeah. Although, again, this is the hand where this and jack 10 are the hands where, like, every time he improves, actions generally killed yeah. anyway. So maybe these are better hands to do it with, maybe. at least, um, for that reason, too. Maybe. I don't know. Also, again, your opponent's not going to bluff on a 9 or 10 almost ever. No. Doesn't seem likely. Yeah. Either way, fascinating and... Really was- interesting. Let's talk about Brewer just calling. Okay. Because I just really want to three bet so badly with this hand. We have the combo draw with the nut flush draw. And it's Tom frickin' Dwan. I don't know what he's going to do with Jack-9. He might fold it, which would be a great outcome. It's if he fine. calls, it's fine, too. We're yeah. in, we're in de- I mean, we're, obviously, we're, the expected value of him folding is better than of him calling, but it's still okay. We're a slight favorite um, yeah. if he calls. And he, we obviously have some fold equity here. By the way, sometimes he calls. We've got him in absolute jail. If he has king, queen of diamonds. Oh, my God. King, king ten of diamonds. Oh, no, he can't no. have king ten of diamonds. King right. nine. King nine of diamonds. If he calls preflop, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, 
if you're calling with Jack Nine suit, you're probably calling with King Nine suit. I think Jack Nine suit is clearly a better hand to call with. Um, you know, I understand you think that, but you have a king, which is a bigger card, and there is value there. Like, I know a king you, is a you, bigger you card. Beat, you get to beat queens. You so know, is king it. four off better than jack nine suited? No, but it's off. It doesn't... It okay, does, so You suited. can't make straights with that, but you can make straights with king nine. Not as many, the but The trap straight with king nine, though. The what? The trap straight. Yeah. Against the three bet. Yeah, but we block. We block a little bit of that, at least. Mm, whatever. When he says the trap straight, of course, he's referring to ace king yeah. being uh, the one that gets you in trouble. That happened to Viffer against uh, Tom Dwan, right? How dare it happen to a, a gentle soul like Viffer? <laughs> Viffer knew he was in trouble. I remember that. Uh, but so he called, as I'll, he should have. If you're Brewer, you're, yeah. like, you're slamming that three-bet button most of the time, right? I would be so glad that Tom raised me. Yeah. And actually, I would also be, and I mentioned this earlier, concerned about certain turn cards killing action for him or for me or something, you know, like where I like don't want to put any more money yeah. in. Like, what if the jack pairs? And then he bets really big. Yeah, he bet, and then he moves me in. Can I call? I don't no. think I can't. No, you fold. I'm going to have, like, if I call this bet, like, he's not going to have that much more than a pot left. He can shove on turns, and I can get shut out of this pot and miss out on half my equity. Meaning, like, because I only get one card instead yeah. of two. That's not okay with me. Um, plus, of course, a diamond can come, and he could check fold. Yeah. The straight could come, and he could check fold. An ace could come, and he could check fold. Why wouldn't we raise it? This is, this is like the hand of all hands to raise. It's balance, obviously. Like Ultimately, yeah. it's because Brewer needs to have a hand like this in his calling range yes. against a guy like Dwan sometimes. Of course. It yes. Um, and in fact, because this is such an obvious raise, he can't always raise it. Yeah. Having said that, oh my God, I hope he's almost always raising this. Now, against players who are significantly worse than Tom Dwan, you can always raise this. 100%. You just feel pretty happy about it. But yeah. against a guy like Dwan, you got to throw him some stuff that he is not going to necessarily expect. I would think, though, because this one in particular with the straight stuff coming too, like, I would, like there are other nut flush draw type stuff we could have that we'd be... Um, maybe he just thinks he's got enough equity he can call in position here more as opposed to some of the other not flush stuff where he'd have less equity because yeah. he doesn't have the straight draw with it. Right. And so he's going to be more apt to shove those. He might actually get paid on a straight by calling, too, because Dwan would be like, how do you have any right. 10 in your range? Maybe. Maybe. Other than pocket 10s, really. I mean, if, it, if a 9 comes, it would be a really tough spot for Dwan. Right? Yeah. He's going to have top 2, and it's hard for Brewer to have a 10 unless he has jack 10 suited. Or 10s. Or 10s. Yeah. Right. But then you wouldn't expect 10s to put in a big, to get it all in with right. you necessarily, right, on the turn. Why not? Wait, 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 wait. What? Of course you would. <laughs> Sorry, I got confused about what card was coming. That's okay. There's a lot going on in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Brewer just calls. <sighs> okay, okay, fine. It's surprising, but fine. These guys I'm, are already playing really weird poker here. I mean, the flop is. Uh, we watched this hand to see if we wanted to do it for the breakdown, and the flop happened. And just one raising alone, I was like, oh, we're doing this hand. Right, right. but then you figure Brewer's going to shove. Yeah, and then Duan's probably going to call. And that's going to be, those are two interesting decisions by yeah. Tom Dwan. But instead, no, we get an interesting decision by Brewer here. And now we're going to have more interesting decisions as a result that are coming. Yep. So Brewer calls. Yep. Nitrogen Sports is calling. They're calling you. They're like, bring, bring. They're like, bring, bring. Who are you going to call? Answer the phone. Bring, bring. Hello. Hello, this is Nitrogen Sports. I'm calling to talk about your account. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't do robocalls. This bro. is not a robocall, sir. This is. From a benevolent dictator, Nitrogen Sports. A benevolent dictator? Yeah. The ultimate form of government. That's me, Nitrogen Sports. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this benevolent dictator is offering you, sir? Oh, um, I mean, tell me. Well, I see here that you signed up using the Poker Guys link. Yes, that's in all of their podcast yes. descriptions. Yes. And YouTube video descriptions. Well, that gets you access to a lot of cool stuff. Did you know that, sir? No, I did not. What As the... your overlord who also loves you and wants you to succeed, what I've uh, arranged for you is a monthly tournament where there's always an overlay. I believe you may have called it the automatic overlay tournament. I like that. I might, I might use that. Huh. You yeah. should use that. That's pretty catchy. Uh, as Overlord Nitrogen, I don't really like money, so I've decided to give you a lot of it. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I'll accept that. Right. So every month, 40% of the prize pool of this tournament is going to be contributed by me. I'm just going to put it in there. Sound good? I mean, it sounds good. I still want revolution. Oh, okay. I still okay. want to overthrow. Well, is you. I think a lot of revolutions happen in March, just like March Madness. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to go ahead and, you know, most years we're just going to throw a March Madness bracket for you guys for, for free. Like free, but there's going to be money? Yeah, for Bitcoin. The you can get Bitcoin oh. if you win. 
well, I don't want to overthrow you in March then. I'm going to have to wait. Can yeah. we put it off to like, we'll put it off to like the next football season? Ah, that would be a good idea if it weren't for the survivor pools <laughs> that we offer what? that are free also. That... Well, is there money to the winners oh, of that yeah, as Bitcoin well? Bitcoin for free. Benevolent huh. dictator, best form of government. Also you know, genius. I'm coming, I'm coming <laughs> along, I'm coming around on this for sure. Yeah. Use the link in the description, sir. Make sure you do. I'm, I guess I will. Okay. This play has been brought to you by Grant Tennyson and Jonathan <laughs> Levy of the Poker Guys. Please contribute. <laughs> we, we're volunteers. Um, yeah, nitrogen. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so we've got 34.6K in the pot. Heading okay. to the turn, Duan's got Jack, Nine of Spades on the Jack of Diamonds, Eight of Diamonds, Seven of Clubs board. Check raised to 13.3K. Brewer has Ace, Ten of Diamonds. I guess Brewer maybe can decide to call off on a lot of turns. I'm just thinking, like, if Duan shoves, he's getting almost two to one. It's not perfect, but with the ace high flush draw, maybe he decides he can call anyway. Nice setup, Levy, because the turn is the eight of clubs, and that's probably not one of them. No. Because it pairs the board. Of course. Could you ever call if Dwan shoves now with ace, ten of diamonds? I don't think we should call anymore. Yeah. It could be drawing like a bad dead. idea. Could be drawing dead. Yes. We just, that's just a card that's not going to work. That's why I got it in before, before we said what the turn was. Okay. So you and I don't play like Tom Dwan. No. Neither does pretty much anybody else. Right. So we don't find ourselves in a spot like this very frequently. What the hell are you supposed to do now out of position as Tom Dwan, having put in this big check raise, the board pair is the eight. What do you do? I mean, the eight is not a super believable card for us to continue on. I mean, right? we were saying we had nine, seven, ten. eight suited, nine, ten, seven, 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 Jack, or Jack, eight, I eight, guess. Or eight, eight. We have, we have, some, we have yeah. some things, but all the draws are still out there. Now, it turns out Brewer's got the kind of hand that, we might, he might think we have yeah. a lot, right? Maybe we're almost repping to yeah. some degree, right? Obviously, we're repping other things too. But um, that eight, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, we can. The eight pairing is not great for our range. I just don't think it's great for our range. I think it's okay for our range. Really? Yeah. We don't really, I mean, I guess, do you think we have jack eight suited? I guess you do. Yeah. I right. think we probably do. Yeah, that, that's a big difference. Like, if I don't think we have it, that's, that's a big difference. Seven, eight suited, I'm sure we have. Of course, we have pocket sevens. Of course, we have... We have one combo of pocket eights. Of course, we have nine. Yeah, we have one combo of that. We've got nine, ten, of course. Yeah. Nine, ten suited, for sure. Well, and we have some jack-jack. We're not going to four-bet that all the time. We're going to have some jack-jack. Um, yeah. So that's not bad, I guess. And then we, what other hands are we raising with? Well, the fact that we raise with jack-nine makes me wonder if we're raising with all the jacks. If we're raising with yeah. all the jacks, suddenly the eight isn't super great. If we're raising with a much tighter, stronger range in general, and the jacks that we have are only gut shots or two pair plus, yeah. now it's pretty good again. Yeah. So I think that's the difference. And, but if we're raising with all our queen jack, king jack, ace jack too, that eight isn't super great. And we just don't know if Dwan's doing that or not. No sense of it. Again, yeah. I think it's less likely that he'll be raising with yeah. those hands because those are good hands to induce bluffs with. Yeah, that's a fair point. On certain turn cards. The other perspective, besides what we're representing, is do we have good fold equity against what we expect Brewer to have? Right. That's a, that's, I mean, like, do we need fold equity? We have top pair. That's the weird part about it. I mean, except for nines and tens, and we block nines, what else are we hoping to get called by if we were to shove here? The hand I, guess, he has exactly. I guess the handy has exactly, which would not be getting the right price. And we wouldn't necessarily think it's there that often. We yeah. think it's usually raising yeah. the, the flop. So. so then it would be like if we're betting, we're trying to fold out over pairs, which this card is not going to do. It's not going to uh, do. do. And yeah. like, or, or better jack, which yeah. is, he doesn't have worse jacks. No. He only has better jacks. Yeah. He's not folding that either, I don't think, now that he's called. Yeah, I don't think for so. For one bet. He's just not doing it on this card. So, so there's not a lot of value to be had, and there's not much folding out better hands. This is something I was wondering on the flop, which we didn't get to because we got into all this other stuff, is I wonder if Duan, with this kind of a hand, is actually better served rather than raising the flop to do some of the denial, equity denial and stuff like that, calling the flop and leading a lot of turns, not just this kind of a turn, but like all turns that are basically under an eight. Yeah, but that's not that much of the deck, and then you're not denying equity. It's a fair amount of the but deck. But you're not denying equity in the same level. You're not. You're not. That's true. No, because, of course, if he's got ace-king, we shut him out right yeah. away, um, which has got to be at least part of the value of this race. Yeah, definitely. But you also put yourself in weird spots with this race, of course. Now, I guess if you're willing to go, go with it, it doesn't matter. Yep. But I was, I was just something I was thinking about. It's like, this hand might play pretty well as a check-call lead on a lot of cards, including this card. By the way, this card would be a great lead um, yeah, for sure. It would. Um, just uh, it's basically the over cards are the bad part of it, right? Like you know, ace king queen, really bad. Yeah, really, really bad leads. Um, pretty much any other card, I think he could lead actually. Maybe not diamonds. Okay, not diamonds. You're right. Maybe diamonds. You could, I don't it's know. a little bit like leading on a board pairing card. But no, Brewer's uncapped. In that case, if you didn't check raise, 
then Brewer has plenty of diamonds. In we have ring. plenty of diamonds too, and he's got a lot of not diamonds. Like he has a lot more left. Le- he three bet. He's got a lot I think more if you're not diamonds, diamonds, than diamonds. If you're leading diamonds too, you're leading too much. Is what I would think. Well, I'm saying if we're thinking about should I raise or should I call lead mostly? Yeah, this would be. I'm saying I think we can lead on most cards. Yeah, but I think I think diamonds are still okay. I think well, we can just lead on the cards that aren't diamonds and not aces, kings, or queens, and that's still more than half of the cards. Sure. I just don't. I think we can lead on diamonds too. No. <laughs> anyway, let's not. All right, let's not fight too much about it. We're already on the turn. It didn't go this way. It was yeah. just a little quick thought experiment, ish. All right. Thing. So, do you want to check as one? This is the thing I always wonder about when people check race weak top pair hands out of position. What they're supposed to do when they get called, right? Both options seem terrible to me. Like I don't really love checking, and I sure as hell don't love betting. Yeah, I think this is another spot where we need to re-examine what we're thinking about because yeah. it's Tom Dwan and he has thought this through, certainly. Of course. Um, and maybe maybe his opinion would be that people have been, like, kind of like people used to say, like, well, the, the river card didn't change anything, so I have to call again, right? Whereas mm. there's a new data point, your opponent bet again, right? Like, yep. So maybe Dwan is thinking the typical poker population is kind of stuck in this idea that playing in flow is so important and that, like... Um, once you play in flow, then if you like lose the lead or gain the lead in, a, in an awkward way, it, it means something is going wrong in the hand. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily. Yeah. These can all be discrete decisions. And, and Duan decides that he doesn't need to be like continuing betting because, just because he check-raised the flop, whereas a lot of people feel obligated to in a way. Maybe Duan also thinks like because he has basically just a little more than pot anyway, that like isn't like he's going to fold, right? Like he's not going to fold top pair with a gutter when this eight pairs if he checks and Brewer shoves, right? There's I no don't way. know. That would seem crazy to me. I don't know. We, we're not going to find out. Spoiler alert, but I yeah. don't know. That would, that would be, I would really hate how he played the hand if he check raises and then check folds, turn. That seems like Yeah, I guess check calling it off is a much better play than effectively moving in yourself based on like the range that Brewer has and what we expected him to do with that range from our previous discussion. Right. Betting doesn't seem great, but if you check and he shoves, you, you can actually be ahead of a decent amount of it sometimes. I can see Duan also thinking to himself some version of, okay, if Brewer has, has a draw, which turns out he does, yeah. he has a big draw, but if he's got a, just a good draw, like a, you know, like, like a nut flush draw type hand, um, ace, queen of diamonds, yeah. that doesn't three bet, which is totally reasonable to call with ace, mm-hmm. queen of diamonds sometimes here too. Duan might think like, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty far ahead now. Because there's only one card left to come. Like, yeah. You know, before it was close. And so if I move, if I move him in, he can, he can actually fold correctly. But, if he, if, but if, he moves, if he moves me in and I call, now I'm getting him to put in chips and he's not getting... He's sort of giving himself the wrong price. Yeah. So maybe it's a way of trying to engineer things so that way when they... Like he, it's a way to get Brewer's chips in the middle where he's not getting the right price. Brewer's not actually getting the right yeah, price. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. And it's also like... Of course, Tom Twan thinks that way, but so many players don't think that way because they, they're like, no, fold your draw. I want you. I don't care if it's of like course. way better for me if you call equity-wise. I'd rather just win the hand and right. not have to worry about potentially losing. Yeah, I don't think Duan thinks that of way. Course all, right? Of course like, not. Because if you're, if you're going to play enough, I know you know this, but I'm saying for our audience here, if you're going to play millions of hands like Duan has, yeah. uh, it's really not about denying uh, someone the chance to make their draws, but denying them the chance to make their draw for a good price. Yeah. Those are really different ideas here. As long as you charge them the right amount, meaning more than what they should be paying, it's okay. They get there as much as they get there. Over time, it's going to work out really well. You're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. And that's all you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, and Duan, of course, gets that. So Duan ultimately checks, and I think we get that. Yeah. All right, what do you want to do as Brewer? I mean, I feel like we have a pretty straightforward move, don't we? Just bet. Rip that baby. Don't <laughs> yeah. we want to rip it in? Well, based on what you just said, Brewer might be a little bit more aware of Dwan than we, we think and be like, well, he's probably never folding any pair and I don't have the right equity against that. Also, we might think that if Dwan had a big draw, he wouldn't be check calling. Yeah, if he had king... King, of, queen of diamonds. King, king, queen of diamonds. Like, the, he's going to shove it or he's going to check fold it. He yeah. ain't going to check call. Yeah. So, like, this is... Exactly the wrong hand to move in with, actually. You might, you know, yeah. on any, like, Dwan's check-calling all his, pay, all his made hands and folding all the draws that didn't get there, and we've got the best draw. Yeah. Like, this is why raising the flop makes so much more sense, because we can get it in against other draws. But yeah. now we probably can't. Yep. So, so I guess a check... So even though I said I want to rip it in, upon any examination, it feels like a check-back makes more sense here. And 
Now we're suddenly playing this sort of smaller pot with this hand. It's weird. You know, Duong made it kind of big by raising, at least. That's true, actually. And you know what? And I don't know if we're going to get paid on a diamond. Maybe we will. But a straight card? I don't know. It's going to be hard to get paid. Yep. It's going to be hard to get paid. Oh, well. One thing at a time. Well, Brewer checks. I guess I like the check. Hmm. Turns out I like the check. You want the most interesting card in the deck for the river? Yes. The seven of diamonds. That is... Got to be the most interesting card in the deck. So the board now reads Jack 8787 with three diamonds. Yep. So it's not flush for Brewer, but it's a double paired board. Yep. Is there any reason to bet as Dwan now? The only reason to bet as Dwan is to bluff out an overpair. I can't see any good other good thing happening. Maybe or, or a better Jack. It's really bad for our story now. Seven, eight, and sevens and eights are all combinatorially diminished by the run out. Yep. You think if Dwan had an eight in his hand, which probably would be a full house on the turn a lot of time if he did. Yeah. Um, I guess he could have an eight in a gutter. He's usually continuing with those on the turn. Yeah, you'd think so. Because um, that's the kind of thing where you figure Brewer isn't folding yeah. very much if he's got kings or something like yeah. that. He's just going to have to call. So Dwan doesn't have very much eights full here. No. Sevens full is a bit of a weird one. Seven, ten, seven, nine suited. Those are the obvious sevens full. Obviously, he's got some quads of each. But like... It's hard, it's hard for Dwan to have a really strong hand. Yep. So I'm not sure if he would even succeed in fold. This is your, the point of your question, right? Would he succeed in folding out ace-jack? I get, and Well, I guess there's a secondary part that's not as important, but could he possibly get called by a worse hand? It's hard to imagine. It would have to be tens or nines, and he blocks yes. nines. So. It's really hard to imagine. Yep. Maybe. Maybe if you're like, if you can call with, you know, King Jack, maybe you can call with two tens because you'd think it's the same. But if Dwan is literally moving in to get called by one hand, yeah. just pocket tens, that's insane. And of course, he's not doing that. Yeah. So he can't. So he has to check. And he does. Yep. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like, is Dwan going to check to call here or check to fold is interesting, right? Well, should Brewer bet? That's a great question, too. I, I was wondering more about before Tom, before Brewer makes a decision just from Todd's point of view when he checks. Is he checking to call or checking to fold? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. If I'm Neither am I. I guess we're going to see how he sizes it and look at him and make some decisions. If All he right, bets. should Brewer bet? If he bets, yeah. Yeah. Should he? I probably wouldn't. What do so, we think Dwan has? He's he check-raised, then he checked, and then he checked. He's got a little bit of 9-10. Yep. Tiniest bit. A little bit of 9-10. Which um, we're beating, but I don't know if it's going to call us if we bet. He has some flushes. Yeah, I guess he has some king-queen of diamonds type hands. Usually he's going to bet the turn with those. Usually. But not always, because maybe he feels like... At least sometimes he's not, but usually he is. Yeah. So he doesn't have very many flushes. And and flushes and straights are not very good hands anymore on this board, you know. It'd have to be the 7x of diamonds, but the 7 diamonds is on the board, so it can't be that. And also that would be a full house instead of yep. a flush. Yep. Then... I mean, if you think he has some one-paired jacks that he check-raised the flop with... That's what, that's what we'd be targeting, Can you really right? expect to get called by that hand when we called the big check-raise on the flop? What do we have now? Like, what, what's left besides made hands that are better than a jack? I mean, we'd have to be turning nines or tens into a bluff. Yes. That's all there is, right? Yeah. Everything else is beating all jacks, basically, yeah. I think. Because if Brewer's got king jack, he's probably just checking it back. Yeah. How could he bet for value? And that's beating jack nine anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, he's checking back his overpairs probably. So what is Brewer trying to... This comes back to the, the original question. What is Brewer, if Brewer were to bet, what's he trying to get called by? 9-10. Maybe a few flushes that somehow played it super weird. It feels like it's mostly the flushes. I mean, I just don't think there are that many flushes that check the turn after check raising and with the pot size yeah. bet. I think gonna, you have to check. Sure, I guess they could be check folding. They could be check folding. Great. No, no, I mean on the, on the turn. Ah. And then here we are on the river... Are they even going to call if we bet any? We'd have to bet pretty small, right, to get called by a flush. Brewer goes all in. <laughs> I know. For 42K into 34. Interesting. Interesting. Shocking. Weird. Adamo? <laughs> this is the question. Yeah. Here we go. Is We're it here. possible that 42 is more likely to get called by a jack than, than 20? What's he repping as a bluff? What bluffs are here? That's the problem. It's tens and nines. That's it. What else can he call the flop with? He can't even have like a hand like ace-10. He can't have a gutter. They're not deep enough to have a gutter. No. He calls the flop. Do you want to he has to have a gutter pot? with the flush draw. He has to have a pair is, with it. Yeah, or, or a flush draw, which is now right. better, better than anything he's right, trying right. to get called by. A gutter with a flush draw, like he had. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tens and nines, and that's it. So there's 12 combos from Brewer's point of view. 
Um, nine combos from Dewan's point of view. No, Brewer has a ten. Oh yeah, but that's okay. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah right. Because um, he's got all the tens and all the nines in theory, right? Um, he really could have tens and nines. How he played it, he played it the way, just like tens and nines might play it, right? He's calling the flop. He's probably checking back the turn. And then you, but then you have to. Now he's got to decide to bluff. Yeah. Which maybe he thinks he has to bluff to win, but it doesn't mean you have to bluff. It's interesting because he could be like, well, this is the kind of board where I can get Dwan maybe to fold the flush, maybe to fold the straight, to fold the jack, to fold like almost everything. It's just it's, so. It's actually it's kind so, of a good board to go so for. It's so rare on. for Dwan to actually have a flush or a straight as played. Yeah. Like I know. he's so frequently betting the turn with those hands. So then we'd be just targeting like a jack or a weird. St- and you have to know that Dwan is check raising just a jack. Right. Which like. I mean, we're giving Brewer well, a lot of credit if we say he knows that. Well, if not that, then we shouldn't be trying because then Dwan has a seven or an eight. Yeah. In his hand, right? And he's playing and more a seven than an eight. Although, again, it's hard to come up with that many sevens besides ten, seven, and, and nine, seven. I mean, he could have quads. Right. He could have quads. That's a good point. Or Jack's full. Okay. Yeah, he could have those things. So, so what, what is Brewer trying to get value out of again? I feel like it's King, Queen of Diamonds. I, think, I feel like that's what he's going for. It's so hard for King Queen Diamonds to be there. Nine ten, nine ten is often betting the turn, but at least it could check the turn. Okay, here is my it's betting. Here is my very generous assessment of of Brewer's bet. Okay, this is extremely generous. Brewer is aware that Dwan is check raising one pair of hands on this board. Okay, and um, the way the runout came down, it's most likely a jack that Dwan has not put more chips in. Yeah. And a jack is one of the better hands to call with is Dwan. It's better than King Queen of Diamonds because he blocked Jack's full. Dwan is usually betting his full houses by the river, even yeah. a seven. He's just, he's almost always going to bet this. right. So we can pr- not completely, but eliminate most of the combos of eights and sevens of any yeah. kind, right? Because he's going to try and get value against some of the some of the ace jacks in the world and overpairs. Yeah. He's just going to have to try. And with, those things are checking. And back. with a jack, he blocks Jack's full, which is a hand the Brewer might play this way and yeah. be going for value. So Duan might feel like he has to call with a jack because he blocks that. Uh-huh. And it's better than having King Queen of Diamonds, actually. Okay. Which King Queen of Diamonds is less likely to play this way than a jack. Absolutely. So that's my, so I, so that's my rosy interpretation of Brewer's thought process. So you're here, you're Chris Brewer, you're thinking, okay, this guy absolutely has jacks, and the way he's played this, it's like a jack a lot of the yeah. time now. Jack 10, jack 9, whatever. Yeah. Maybe other jacks, but who cares? I beat them all. Um, and he may feel obligated to call because it blocks top set. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Um, the thing is, would it really call? Uh, no, the answer is no, because Dwan folds. Dwan folds. Yeah. I, I wrote Dwan calls. I know, but I saw that. I was going to let you screw it up and then correct you, but you didn't screw it up. He, he folds. He folds. He folds. It doesn't take that long to fold. Yeah. Because, of course, he doesn't. This feels like it's probably a mistake by Brewer. He was probably trying to get all too fancy. You know, maybe he thinks Dwan is, he knows Dwan is capable of doing some, some cool, whack hero stuff. And he's like, here's your chance. And maybe that's what it is. Like, I mean, Dwan has called with nine high twice that we've seen. We have seen that. And the day before, Dwan sat down in the first orbit. This is what I was just referring to at the beginning. Against Jake Daniels, he calls with 10-9 on a 10 high board um, when Daniels raises and goes bet, bet, and like all in on the river. And Dwan just puts it in. I mean, he thinks for a while, but puts it in with just one pair. Now, Daniels is pretty polarized, but I mean, so is Brewer. And Brewer it doesn't have a hand that is as polarizing as you would think. No, but it feels like he's he's like I can kind of eliminate all the stronger hands, so I'm going to see if you want a hero with a weaker hand. I mean, that's Occam's razor, right? Is like yeah. I don't think you have a better hand than this, so I might as well try. Yep, that's what it feels like. Yeah, because he can't be trying to fold out a seven. No, <laughs> so he's definitely going for value. But he, but he thinks Dwan is just betting his all his full houses. And I'm not necessarily saying that's the wrong thought process, but yeah. I think when you're playing against Tom Dwan, it's like, I think a lot of players might fall into the trap of like, oh, I've seen Dwan call with really weak hands, so I should just go for massive value on the river all the time. You can't fall yeah. into that trap against Tom Dwan. He's too nuanced. He's too good. He's, he's doing different things at different times. Is there any room for a smaller size bet? No, I, I think this is, I think this is a better bet. I can't, I can't see a small size bet being any better than this. I think this must be the best bet. If we're betting, we should go all yeah. in. But we probably shouldn't bet at all. Probably not. Because Dwan's probably either folding or snapping. Yeah. And both are both. Yeah, we have to be really sure that he doesn't have a good hand here, like a really good hand. And it seems like he wouldn't, but it's Tom frickin' Dwan. I mean, we saw him flop top set of jacks against Gary Adelson. Check, call, check, call, check, raise. And he made quads on the river. Still went for the check raise. Now, great. Garrett went bet, 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 in fairness. But still, like, and Dwan had the initiative pre-flop. Right. Still check top set when I think they were heads up even, maybe three ways on the flop. But, like, 
very unusual decision. This guy, of, of any of the top players, this guy can show up with anything, anytime. And it's pretty scary to say, like, oh, this line means he doesn't have a full house. I don't think you can really say that about Tom Dwan. Yeah. And, you know, you can't, you can't bet small for a few reasons. But even if you went for super tiny, like the crazy small bets that sometimes induce, yeah. you know, to try and squeeze a little value out of him, you don't actually want to get raised here with this hand. No. <laughs> like, you can't really afford to, like... Have him raise you, and now you're suddenly... You may make a big mistake. Yeah. So you can't go for the tiny value either, I don't think, because you might just fold this hand. Yeah. Because Dwayne can have an eight and can have a seven. I, I kind of get why Brewer does it, ultimately. Yeah. Like, I just don't know if it's a good idea. How long does Dwayne actually think for before he folds? Do you know? Uh, it's not that long. It's like 25 seconds yeah, or something? Yeah. That's, that's, that's really quick with the top pair hand yeah. for Dwayne. This board is just super brutal for his hand. Yep. Yeah, I get... I think Brewer in his mind is trying to get is trying to cooler a, a worse flush. Yeah. And he, not thinking about that it's almost never here. And maybe also he's also just thinks he's free rolling a lot. He's basically free rolling this this bet, which, which we've seen doesn't always work out. Is not true against Tom Dwan. Right. But we've seen even when it seems like it's true, like I'm thinking Jason Kuhn against John Duthie, oh, yeah. where he thinks Duthie is super face up and he goes for the free roll raise and Duthie just turns up with a better hand yeah. and calls. And it's like, oh. Uh, yeah, I guess you have that a little bit. That yeah. sucks for me, you know. So, like, even the guys who you think you know, you don't always know. Right. Like, you can just, you're just taking pretty good guesses. But, you know, in a way, good for Chris Brewer for, for trusting his instincts and going for it. You know, like, it's not a common play. It's not a common play. I mean, I don't know if I say good for him for that, but I will say we're on a stream. If this isn't something he's doing all the time, this is going to mess people up a little bit yeah. when they, as they try and make river decisions against him in the future if he makes big all-ins where they're like, is he overvaluing a hand here? Should I be calling with a pretty good second-best hand but that I might normally find a fold with? Like, maybe you should. Yeah. Or maybe he's like, well, I did that, so I never have to do that again, you right. know, kind of a thing. Like, you spend $42,000 once, maybe, and it gets through a lot anyway. Um, when it doesn't, it's even, it, like, whatever, but, like, you've got this advertising for the next several years. People yeah, remember that. Maybe. So maybe it's worth it anyway. I don't know. I don't think that's what's going on. Though. Probably not. <laughs> Let's see how the solver feels about okay. it. How do you solve a man like Timothy Dwan? Timothy Dwanathy. Thomas Dwanis. The solver, is done by Danny Sprung here, it had some problems because it was like, Tom Dwan? What am I supposed to do? And that is a perfect impression of a solver. Yeah, no, it's weird. I actually got confused. Yeah. You thought I was Pio. It's like Julian Moore in Game Change. I, I stopped seeing like, you, and I only see uh, Sarah Palin. Yeah, I look a lot like Sarah Palin. People tell me that. You do an amazing Sarah Palin. I, you want to hear it? I do. I'm Sarah Palin. <laughs> there you go. Pretty good. Maybe go for a little more of the Alaskan thing, though. I'm Sarah Palin. Better. better yeah. yeah. That was good? No, it was better. So obviously, this is a solver section you can tell by the right. Sarah Palin impressions. So let's talk about the solver and what okay. the solver wants these players to do. Okay. On the flop, obviously, it's not something you expect to see a check raise from top pair, but the solver is an exact split between call and raise yeah, with some, Dwan's hand. Something I was saying to Grant uh, as we were looking over this solver stuff just now is that the solver is just much more aggressive with top pair and heads-up spots than, yeah. we, than we tend to be. Than like, most people tend to be. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, like I would say like the Scott Seavers of the world similar to us is like going to have like mostly check calls with top pairs, especially bad top pairs, but really any top pairs in these spots when we're not the, uh, original aggressor, right? Yeah. Like it just plays really well. You don't want to, it's game theory disaster and all that. And the solver's like, yeah, there's so many other hands that can call us. And, and we got to be balanced because we want to attack with all these other hands. And the solver's thinking about that stuff. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, we didn't get data on what Brewer's supposed to do on the flop actually, but oh. uh, he decided to call. So here we are on the turn. Yeah. Even though Dwan is the extreme aggressor here, having raised to this huge amount, uh, it's always a check for Dwan on the turn, according to the solver. I guess just because this is just a really bad card for his actual hand. Now, he does block full houses, and he could easily represent a full house here. But I guess the solver decides that with this hand, let's not do that. Let's just take our equity. Right. Like, mo pretty much all the better hands are continuing. Like, if Brewer's got a good jack, is he really going to fold on the eight pairs? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. If he's got trip eights, he's definitely not folding. If he has a seven, he's, the thing that you can do is you can charge the draws by bet. Yeah. So that's the other side of it. Yeah, which, you know, Brewer has one of the draws. He sure does. A real big one. Big one, baby. And the solver wants him to check it back, which is what Brewer did. Um, it is a slightly scary card. You could be worried that Dwan is going for a check shove with a full house. Dwan certainly has that play in him. And, like, what do you do if, if you 
fault. If you bet a lot, you might have to oh. call, but then like you might be drawing dead. Yeah, you can't. You have to bet small and, and fold. I think if uh, if you get check raised. Yeah. So I like the solver's idea here. Yep. Checking back. That's what Brewer does. Get to the river and we double pair the board. Duan is always supposed to check. At this point, that makes plenty of sense to me. Yeah. There's. I mean, what can, Duan can beat straight draws only. Yeah. Now by the river, it seems. I guess. Two tens and two nines that decide to turn their hands into bluff. I don't know why they would. Right, which is probably why he folds, which he's supposed to do once Brewer bets. I think Brewer's bet is one of the most interesting things in his hand. For sure. The solver likes it, except it prefers him betting smaller, wants him to bet 80% of pot rather than all in. That makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, try to get called by a weaker flushes. This is the, yeah, the all in bet could scare off the smaller flushes on the double paired board, but maybe, maybe he can get called if you bet less. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little surprised that the solver, I'm, I guess based on it being the solver and how aggressive it is, it's not a surprise, but I wouldn't really think from an analytical perspective it's a great idea to bet that often with this hand in this situation. Like, it seems hard to get called by weaker hands. I, I agree. And the more skilled your opponent is and the more, like, go for it your opponent is, the less I want to bet in this situation, too. Like, yeah. someone could, someone like Dwan could take a jack and turn it into a bluff sometimes. Sure. You know, it's like, hey, guess what I block? Yep. Full houses, baby. Well, he can't do that now because, you know, Brewer went all in. That's true. Brewer takes that play away from him. But... You got the nut flush. You're not really trying to take that play away. If he's got a full house, he's, he's going to call. Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't, he, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's what the solver had to say. Yeah. See you next time. See you next time on the breakdown. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.